Dude, lots to talk about. This might be a long episode. All right. So uh, if you're watching, if you're listening, uh, you know, buckle in. Buckle up. Buckle in. Buckle that up. famous phrase buckle uh, in. we've seen across highways in. in America. Step in. Buckle in. Buckle in. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking this yellow Red Bull. Oh, man. M- m- uh, so Jeff and McKinley frequently, almost every day, they'll go and, and grab a coffee or something. Yep. And uh, I said, get me something weird. And Jeff got <laughs> me a Venom Energy. <laughs> <laughs> Gross, dude. It tastes like a, a, a watermelon, like Jolly Rancher. So it it's not looks bad. like it would taste like a, a watermelon Jolly Rancher. It looks like it would taste like, uh, I don't know, like a dirty rock star. Rock dude, star's dirty. Cousin. Do you remember the? Um, God, this would have been fifteen yeah. years ago. Lost Energy, like the skate brand Lost. They had an energy no. drink. Okay, when I was in high school, I used to like stop at a gas station every morning and go get like a Rock Star or a Red Bull or whatever. Uh, and I was late to school every day because of it. But one day I got this lost energy drink, like one of the big, you know, big 40s or whatever. And I was drinking it in math class and then had PE right after. And I went and started playing basketball after drinking it. <laughs> and my heart rate started running away from me. And it was the I, I swore off energy drinks after that because I like couldn't calm down. Like my heart rate was going like 180 or 190 or something, even sitting down. Scared yeah. the hell out of me. So I don't. Oh. I don't do the energy drink thing. I, I I I like them, but I have a very. I can deal with it. It doesn't usually get me. But you know what's funny is I have a similar story in college. Um, and granted, so I, I was like a career student, so I was a lot older when I was finishing up college, uh, older than the kids in the class with me, and uh, I I was just completely tired. Just out of my mind tired and I had a test for some high level psych class and I drank a five hour energy and it, but it wasn't like a berry. It was like lemon. Right. And when I opened it, it was brown. Like it, it was old. <laughs> and I thought, I'm I, here we go. So I just shot it. Nothing on my stomach about, I don't know, five minutes into the test. Uh, you know, when you hear someone's stomach make a sound that, yeah, just it should never make. Yeah. That happened to me, and I started sweating. And the teacher looked at me and said, "You can go to the bathroom if you need to." <laughs> and uh, it's a wonder I made it back to finish the test. That's Did you all. Puke? I'm say. No, no. Oh, oh, other. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Sick, dude. <laughs> so, I assume most. Uh, most of this episode is going to be talking about what you did for the past uh, uh, yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but anything we... else exciting going on? Um, yeah, I got a guy coming down next week. So the week this airs, I got a, a gentleman coming down from Kentucky, a contractor, to look uh, at the basement. And uh, he saw my video a couple weeks ago about the basement build going really poorly. He's a fan of the channel. He's been a fan for a really long time. And he very kindly reached out and offered his services uh, with his crew. So he's gonna he's gonna come down next week, take a look at exactly what we need done, and I believe sometime in July we're gonna knock out the structural work and the framing, which will be a huge, huge win for me because that's like I, it, I've literally been losing sleep over it for the last mm. eight months, nine months. Like it's I have so much anxiety pent up around that. So once we get the framing done, I'll feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I can only imagine. I, I, any little thing, if it goes wrong, uh, it's all I can do to walk away from it. Yeah, 
you know, and yeah. I would just be down there looking at it every day. I, I can't go. To, I can't go to my basement. I can't look at it like because every time I do, I just start to spin out and get anxious and, and everything. So, yeah. yeah. What's, well, that uh, sucks. What's I mean, going well, on with it's you? Good. It's good that you have it sorted. Yeah. Uh, man, we've been so busy. <laughs> so we uh, – we, what, what have we done? We, oh, we wrapped all the Airland Drive, so we nice. released uh, the other color, the black gold, Yep, um, which uh, haven't been selling as well as the other colors. I think when I, when I had, uh, when we picked out this color, I was anticipating it looking like the TCS right there, which mm-hmm. that's not mine. That's the shops, which is actually a darker gold. Right. Um, but it, it turned out a lot darker, uh, and, you know, they all sound the same inside, but... Right. We wrapped all those, and when we started working on, and we announced uh, this guy, the um, normal size Olympus, and it's, ah, man, it sounds incredible, and uh, and some other things, and so we've just been crazy. I've been working on some more guitar accessory things. Accessories. Not, not just the pickups, other things. Okay. Uh, so more, more to come on that, but um, just trying to stay... Trying to stay focused in the there's like a lull in the right around now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I've been dealing with allergies really bad. But apart from that, it's pretty normal. I'm trying to get back on doing uh, scheduled live streams, which has been it's been good. It's been yeah, good. I caught I caught the one last week um, with the pickups. Yeah, it's cool. Man, I've been using that Neural Tone King plugin. I need to get that. Because I've it got so I've good. got the actual Tone King back there, and I want to shoot yeah. him out, you know. Well, I uh, McKinley has been singing the the praises of those plugins for months now, and I just hadn't I don't know I just hadn't bothered, and I I got like an iLock membership and did the thing, and wow, yeah. wow, it sounds so good. Yeah, that's like so. I, I actually the Neural guys were one of the only people. Uh, I didn't get to see it, Nam, but oh. I finally feel like they—that's the first plugin that I feel like is directed at players like you and I. Yeah. Um, you know, they have the Corey Wong, but the Corey Wong thing is a little—it's still a little left of what I t- typically do. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. And all the other plugins they've done are great, like the Abasi plugins and and all that stuff. But it's you know that's just not my not my sound. So yeah, I'm excited the- to try this one out because it, it seems like our step in the right direction in the plugin game. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I'm I'm curious. Apparently, the Petrucci one is just out of this world too. Not and not just for shredder things, you know. Yeah. But um, but I'm 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 excited because uh, in well, just a, a few weeks, uh, we're gonna be at Gear Fest. Yeah, we will are. Be there. Yeah, so, we are. Uh, so let's talk about that for a second. You yeah. Fill the people in. All right. So Gear Fest, Sweetwater, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. The dates are June twenty. 3rd through the 25th, I believe. We're going to be up there. And uh, we're actually taking Dipped in Tone live to GearFest. So what that means is there's going to be a live stream of Dipped in Tone on my channel uh, on Saturday, the 25th, Saturday evening. Times are still TBD. And uh, the idea is we're getting a couple of really, really special guests uh, like Tim Pierce and Pete Florin and possibly Girl Park. And so, <clears throat> Yeah. So, uh, yes, bowel talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, the live stream of Dipped in Tone, our first live show. And this is sort of a proof of concept for us, I think. Yeah. 
I would like to do this kind of thing more often, maybe like in Nashville or maybe around bigger events like NAM or, you know, guitar shows or something, be able to take dipped in tone on the road. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and now we, you know, I have a relationship with, you know, CME and there's all sorts of, there's a lot of potential and I'm, uh, so McKinley's coming up with me and I got some more stuff for the camera, um, like a, a frame and some, you know, uh, I, I bought a, a, a road go like nice. Mike. Nice. Yep. And you know, I, I, I um, since this is only going to be an online thing and influencers and, and podcasters or whatnot are coming, you can schedule time. So I scheduled, cause I assume you're going to have your own block that you can schedule as well. Uh, I'll be honest with you. That. I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't looked at any well, of the emails or anything yet. I I looked through the emails and I I, I booked some time with uh, Neural DSP. Yeah. I booked some time with Yamaha, so it's going to cover you know a huge range of things. Yeah. Um, uh, PRS. Nice. And I te- I text Paul and he's going to be there and oh, he cool. said he'd love to meet up. So that's wicked. Um, uh, Fender, a few other places. So, you know, I don't know if we make other content along the way, that might be fun to see how that does, but we'll see. I am not planning on making any videos at the moment. Um, I wanted to get through Nam first and then right. now I'm, I'm going to start to, I think, pick apart and see what I want to do there. Um, but the only commitment I have at GearFest right now is, is our live show, which I'm right. very excited about. So yeah, it's going to be a gentleman. Yes. All right, should we uh, should we dip a rig before we get into the the subject here today? Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, wow! I found a goodie. Wow! Uh, wow! So, okay. <laughs> uh, this is from Jonathan Lubier. Oh. He's uh, he's one of our patrons. Hold on, just stop. Just stop. Yeah, it's ten. This is ten for me. I I don't even have to talk about it. It's a ten. All right. Well, let me just let me just hide this. Yeah. <laughs> um, pr- pretty incredible. Uh, let me drop this in the the Discord chat as well. And oh, no, you don't. Have, uh, yeah, don't. Okay. Man, this is, we still should actually talk was, about it. I'm just saying. I'm going to. I'm, okay. All right. Now I can't submit it to. This always happens. Oh well. Never mind. Sorry, Discord. You can see it on the screen. Oh, uh, what we've got here is wow. a mighty, mighty rig. Uh, so he has a 1971 Hiwatt DR103 oh, into a uh, 2000s era Hiwatt cab with fanes. Yeah, he's got a uh, 99 American Vintage reissue Jazzmaster that's yep. refinished by Mark Jenny. So that's uh, MJT. Yep, <clears throat> Mark Jenny uh, in burgundy mist metallic. His backup guitar, backup. Let me. I'm going to highlight that on my screen. Is a Echo Park 58 Albert Flying V. <laughs> Which it, you can see in this this live stream image, the the figuring on that Karina yeah. is insane. Yeah, it's wow, insane. And his signal chain, he, oh, he's got a a badass salvage custom case. Man, salvage, uh, yeah, throwback to those guys. <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a beautiful tweed looking. Looks like the. The, the majority of the case looks like a looks like a basement or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got some pedals on here. We so got we've some got pedals. Analog Man Sunface, Sir Henry Vibe, a Polytune, a DOD Mini Volume, uh, the the Wildwood Mjolnir, uh, Analog Man King of Tone, a Timmy 
V2 running at 18 volts, which is exciting. Uh, homemade bypass looper and momentary switch and uh, retro sonic flanger, chase bliss tonal recall, empress reverb, <laughs> red, pan- red panda lab tensor, and uh, uh, chase tone secret preamp. And then uh, he's also got a DOD mini expression and mission expressionator for wow. multiple expression outs uh, for controlling the pedals. <sighs> Pretty sick. This might be my favorite rig so far. It's it's pretty incredible. I know I, I saw this and I thought, oh god, yeah, high watt, <laughs> you know, fly V. Yeah, you know. this is doing it. This is doing it for me. Um, all right, so guitars, the Jazzmaster. I love the color. I love the matching headstock. I'm still on the hunt for a Jazzmaster. Um, still haven't found one, but mm. my god, that's a gorgeous guitar. Um, yeah, I mean the American Vintage. It's like. You can pony up the money for a custom shop. You could save and save and get a vintage one. But all things considered, the Fender American Vintage stuff, or I mean, like whatever it's called now, American Re- Original, I guess. Right. Um, are, are incredible guitars. I don't, uh, you can't really fault them. So. You can't really fault them. And, and there's an interesting discussion there we should probably earmark for a different podcast episode. It's when you, when you look at, Let's focus on Fenders, for example, whether, you know, should you buy... So a Jazzmaster is a good example of this. Vintage, custom shop, American, Mexican, Squire, like all yeah. the different versions of Jazzmaster and which one you should buy. There's pros and cons to every single one of those. And quite frankly, none of them are a bad choice. But for me, I mm-hmm. think and we could talk about this more on a different episode, but I think the advantage with going something that's vintage like a jazz masters. Yes, you're going to pay top dollar for it, but it's likely not going to ever depreciate because they're not making any more of them and demand for them even if it dwindles, there's always going to be people that want that kind of thing. So, yeah. That's a whole other discussion. The Echo Park V. Now, um there's a chance I might have played this guitar oh, because really? yeah, in uh, 2019 in August, we were on tour with Gary Clark Jr. And the first date we did was in Detroit. And Gabriel Curry from Echo Park came out to the show and brought a V. And I believe it was a customer's V, which I found out later, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which was, felt a little weird. But um, yeah, I, I don't know how many of these that he built. Uh, but it was the one that I played was particularly good now i know echo park has a bit of a, a controversial uh there's there's you know he's had a controversial past online we don't need to get into all that but uh um, yeah yeah killer guitar uh yeah it's i i have i so I, I recently got into peach as a dealer and uh peach guitars in the uk and they actually they they're doing like kind of a wildwood thing where they demo like every guitar mm-hmm. and they've been demoing all those Karina V's that Gibson Custom Shop's making, yeah. and every every single time one of those videos just like pops up in the feed, you know, of uh, of the shop's YouTube channel, and we watch it, we all just kind of like stop and stare at it. And I don't, I don't need it. I don't need it at all. But man, I want one. Man, I think I think the best example of a V in terms of sound is the Jack Pearson video of him playing the 58V at Songbirds and it's tuned oh, yeah. to C sharp. To me, that's like, that's it. That's the V sound, right? If, if I had one, if I ever got one, I think I would just do that. I'd put it in 
C sharp or D standard and have it just be the most growly, low end kind of rad thing ever. Yeah. All right, pedal board, Ooh. salvage custom. Yes. Whatever happened to those guys? Do you know? I have no idea. I feel like the whole like really fancy pedal board thing kind of fell away. Um, I don't know, like five or six years ago. Well, that I remember they were huge, and that was around the time I think I was playing in church a lot, and and those were uh-huh. really popular with the church bros. Um, I never had one, but I remember following the guy on Instagram. He was a good follow, and then I think like they just kind of stopped. I don't I don't really know what happened, but they made really cool. Really cool boards. Um, yeah. Some notable uh, notable call-outs here. Things that stick out to me. Um, the Tonal Recall from Chase Bliss. I'd love to have one of those. The Empress Reverb is fantastic. Uh, the yeah. Sunface, just beautiful. Um, Wildwood, Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think of all your pedals, that's that's the one I like the most. Um, <sighs> it's Yeah, it's really special. King of Tone, overrated. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, and the red tensor is really cool too. Have you ever played one of those? I haven't, uh, but I've watched a lot of videos. Uh, Andy Pitcher um, is a friend of mine. He does a lot of those their their videos. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about this board? I think the board's pretty remarkable. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot that you can't do. Um, I mean, having the Mjolnir, the King of Tone, and the Timmy. I mean, that's a lot of gain stages. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's getting nitpicky, right? Uh, but I mean everything else. Uh, I mean it's everything you would kind of want from. It, you you're cherry picking out of any category, and they're it's like the best of each category. Yeah. Uh, you know for the you know I mean for all intents and purposes. So yeah, it's pretty incredible, dude. Great. And then and then the the high watt. Oh, yeah. Come on. Have you ever played a 103 before? I've played some vintage high watts. Uh, in uh, a Carter drink. But it's been a long time, uh, and I honestly don't remember. Uh, I played, I played like a Pete Townsend signature. I know I've played a fifty and a hundred water, but I can't remember which designation they were. Yeah, so I've only played uh, the one hundred three that I played was one of the new ones, but it's like the English custom shop one. Yeah. And the 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 guys that are building those now are doing them true to to spec. I mean, f- as far as I know. With modern regulations and everything taken into consideration, you can buy a new high watt, and it is for, you know, all intents and purposes the same as an old one. Yeah. Um, but I was watching a video last night of uh, of uh, an amp tech, and she was working on a vintage the seventies DR one hundred three like this, and she pulled the the chassis out, and it is. The the cleanest build, the cleanest wiring. I mean, that's what High Watt was famous for. You know, when they started building these amps in the '60s and the '70s, they were doing military spec, um, yeah. which means basically they're easily serviceable when parts go down uh, in the field. So the wiring on the inside is super clean. It, you should look up pictures of them. They're gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, it, it's really you kind of look at it and go, "How on earth does this work?" Because there's just two big like strips with caps and resistors yeah. and stuff soldered to it. Yeah, they're really neat. Yeah. Really, really incredible. And that thing will peel paint. It it gets so loud. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. They're insane. They're unbearable. I want one. I want one really, really bad. (laughs) Really bad. Um, All right. Well, I've already given my score, and I stand behind it. 10 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it kind of has to be that, right? I mean, like, there's nothing you can't – you can cover your single coil things. You, You can grab that back up and use your humbuckers if you need it 
Um, oh, I even spy a little Supro. Yeah, I saw the Supro. I saw the Ox up there. Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know. It's... <sighs> Some nice hardwood floors there. Those look original yeah. to the house, you know? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Well, double tens. Double tens. Wow. Maybe the second time in the history of the show that's happened? Double double tens? I think so. This is a... If, if we ever do a rig dipping Hall of Fame, this is... So far, this is going to take the uh, the golden tube. <laughs> we should do that. We should have a golden tube trophy. Oh man, yeah, made. I can. Uh, I could. T- I, I blew up the tubes in my two rock. I could take this this blown six v six and dip it. Yeah, there you go. That would be kind of neat. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we do a big bottle like KT sixty six or something. Although that's really uh, yeah. expensive, but. Oh man! Wow! Yeah, uh, Fazio Electronics was the video I was watching last night. Thanks, yeah. uh, Sugar Tooth. She's awesome. Yeah, she, She's got her, her. I just found her channel. Actually, it's really cool. Yeah, she does great stuff. And uh, although one time she she made a post about how like solid state stuff and surface mount things are unserviceable, and I, I you know, I kind of get grumpy at people uh-huh. when they say those things because everything is unserviceable if you don't know how to service it. Right. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nah. Well. Nah. Uh, Casey anyway. Harris in the chat. Uh, shout out to the Patreon chat. If you want to join the Patreon and watch live while we're taping, link down below. Casey Harris says the Shoyles Golden Tube Award should be a thing. <laughs> we should we should just do an awards show, the Golden Tube Awards. Yeah, we could we could get like a, you could get like a laser cut sort of like plaque. That would be. Cheap we could do easy. one for best argument that. of the year. Maybe that's a yearly <laughs> thing, an annual thing. <laughs> we send it to each other for. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, we got to start having guests too, because we could do one for I best know. guest. Yeah, best yeah, dressed man. guest. Yeah, beautiful man. You know what? And I, I so after the Sweetwater thing, before we get into the 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 main topic here, uh, I'm going to JHS the week after. Yep. And when you were there, at some point, you talked about how I'm always wearing denim, which is funny because I'm wearing a denim shirt today, <laughs> but. As soon as you said that, I said to myself, if I ever go to the JHS show, I'm going to wear as much denim as humanly possible. <laughs> Please do. And I, have, I haven't planned this in enough. It, I haven't done this yet. Uh, and I still might. But I thought I'm going to wear a denim shirt, yep. jeans, yep. find a denim like chucks, yep. belt, yep. denim printed socks. Yes. Yes. Go all out. All of it. I want. I want to see all of it. That's great. But it's 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 hot outside, and that might be. Well, it's, they got AC though. It's okay. We live in modern yeah, I'm, times. I'm, I'm worried about the drive. We're driving, so we're gonna. We're, well, we're you're not gonna to wear a, it while you're driving, are you? I might. <laughs> uh, we're going to attempt uh, driving the the EV the whole way and, and oh. recharging. We're gonna see. I mean, I might get cold feet, and we might take the Tiguan, but we'll see. No, it's okay because you're, you're taking. Um, what is that? Is that seventy or forty? What what? Because we came back that way on our trip. We came through Kansas City, St. Louis, Nashville. I don't know. It's kind of up and over, so it, I'm not entirely sure. Well, but there, there are it. charging stations, like, yeah, you could do it. periodically. Yeah. It's just a, it's, it's a nerve-wracking thing. But anyway, what are we talking about today? <sighs> Nam, Nam recap. Last week was mm. a hell of a week for me. Yeah. Um, we flew out to L.A. Uh, well, actually, when you're when you're listening to this, it's two weeks ago, but... Nam week. So we, we flew out on Monday because we had a lot to do. It was a very, very busy week. Uh, on Tuesday, we went to Beatronics and did a video with them. They have a new pedal coming out, which is wild. It's it's nuts. It's dumb. I, I don't know. I 
I played it for two hours and I'm not even really sure how it works or what to call it even. Uh-huh. I mean, I know the name of it, but anyways. So that was cool. Felipe and the crew over there are super cool. I got to see their operation and like how they custom paint all their pedals and everything. It's awesome. Big, big yeah. fans of uh, B-Tronics. Then Wednesday was honestly one of the highlights of my career thus far. Um, th- one of the coolest things I've ever done. So we are out there for Universal Audio making a video with the new amp pedals. Um, the video is probably out by now, but um, they reached out about sponsoring a video. They wanted me to, to do a video. and said, So basically what we did is went to Sunset Sound on Sunset, the famous, famous recording studio with uh, Tim Pierce and James Santiago from Universal Audio who actually designed the pedals and who designed the aux and the effect pedals. James is a, James is a madman. That man has forgotten more about guitar tone than I'll ever know. Um, right. So we went to Sunset. I brought my crew with me, and uh, we spent the day in room two at Sunset with the actual amps that they used to base the pedals off of. And oh, the amps they used yeah. to clone? Oh, and, wow. So, in fact, the uh, the AC30 we were using, if you own an aux, you know the, the AC30 cab with the silver bells? It's that amp. It's those oh, speakers cool. that they based, that they used for the aux. Um, so that was cool. And uh, yeah, we went there. And just to, just to be in that studio. So first of all, we get there. We load in. I'm a little nervous, if I'm honest, because this is a big production. This production costs a lot of money. <laughs> um, it, it's more than just me walking around with the camera. There's a lot of people there. And, and it's, there was just a lot of pressure. I felt a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to make sure the shoot went well. We get there. And while we're setting up, the owner of Sunset Sound, Paul walks into the control room. His dad founded Sunset in the early 60s for Walt Disney. So that studio started so that Disney could record the soundtracks to all the the early Disney films from the early 60s, okay? Wow, okay. So he starts, he and James start talking. And so we start rolling. I mean, I've got cameras, I've got the, the boom up and everything. And I got 30 minutes of some of the most wild stories I've ever heard. I mean, this guy, he was a kid in the 60s when Zeppelin was there. He was he was a, a young man, his late teens, early 20s, when Van Halen was there recording Van Halen 1. Um, he was there when Toto recorded Africa in the room we were in. Uh, when the levee breaks, Led Zeppelin was mixed in the room we were in. Like, the, the Purple Rain, he was telling a story about how Prince basically booked Studio 3, which is right next door to where we were, for like nine months. Uh, and he had a bed brought in with purple sheets. And he like built this shrine of things. Like just crazy, crazy stories. There's this little courtyard in the middle of Sunset where there's a basketball hoop that's been there since, God, I don't know, the 70s maybe. And he was telling stories about how Prince used to go out there and play basketball with Elton John while he was there. <laughs> and like it, it was just one of those days where I just thought, what the hell am I doing here? Why? <laughs> right. Why am I got to play my guitar through the reverb chamber that they recorded Eruption through? So the reverb that's on Eruption is not a plate, not a plug in, it's an actual chamber, and they bust us through it. It like, I, so I, I, yeah, it was just. I can't believe I had the opportunity to do that. Um, it was very, very cool. The video is coming out great. I'm in the middle of editing it 
right now. And then halfway through the day, Mateus Asado just waltzed into the control room, um, who I had never met before. But he walked in, and we started hanging out. And then I asked him if he wanted to be in the video, and he just picked up Tim Pierce's 61-335 and started playing. And it was like – it just was – it was wild, man. It was That's utterly crazy. wild. Um, definitely want a day that I will I will never, ever forget. I'll take that day to the grave. Um, and it gave me an idea for a video series that I'd like to do with Tim where we go around to all these amazing studios like Sunset and, and you know, NRG and all these places, and we basically make these little documentaries on these studios because Tim's worked in all these rooms. So yeah. having Tim there was great because he – he he would just start sharing stories about what records he cut there. He worked on a like the big Jason Mraz record they cut there. I mean, it's you know, it, it was yeah a really really special day for me. Um, That's awesome. So again, thanks to UA for setting all that up because um, I kind of put their feet to the fire when I was like, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to take your pedals to Sunset Sound with Tim Pierce and I want to shoot them out against the amps. And they were like, all right. <laughs> so you know if well yeah you have to watch the video to see how it turned out yeah you do you do um so then yeah thursday we moved from west hollywood down to anaheim uh we went to norm's norm's rare guitars mm-hmm. unfortunately norm wasn't there but i right. um he's making a speedy recovery as i as i have heard so yeah you know good vibes towards norm Mm-hmm. Um, made a video with them, which is really cool. Played the best Strat I've ever played. 56, Maple Board. It had been refretted, and it played way better <laughs> than oh, of most, course. most vintage Strats that, that I've played. Oh, yeah. they all they, like That's the one thing that I think any any person that actually gives a shit about playing the guitar, yeah. like, they, don't, they don't care, as long as it wasn't done bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, it was funny because Paul Davids went there. Uh-huh. I don't think he's doing a video, but Mary Spender was there. I think the day before I was, she made a video. And so I, w- I was joking with them. I was like, we should all figure out like what thumbnail we're going to do. And let's all just make our own version of the same thumbnail for the same video and just post them right. on the same day. I thought it was funny. I don't think they thought it was that funny, but <sighs> man. And then now. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Zap Rose Dower brings up a good point. Red, how many strats have you actually played, though? <laughs> okay. Uh, for those of you that don't follow me on Instagram, occasionally I like to take um, comments from that I see on my channel, and I like to repost them. There's yeah. a certain type of comment that I like to repost, and the one from, from yesterday was like, <laughs> basically was stating in so many words that my opinion means nothing because I have possibly only played several hundred strats and there's maybe 15 million strats that have been made according to this person. So therefore <laughs> I can't have played enough strats to tell which one is the best one I've ever played. So therefore my but, opinion means nothing. But you can p- have played two and one of those will have been sure. the best one you have ever played. Sure. But Zach, <laughs> see where you're going wrong is you're thinking with logic and rationale. Oh yeah. And we're talking about a YouTube commenter. So those things don't <laughs> apply to to some YouTube comments. Man, yeah, that that's that was fun. That was a good one. That was a good one. And I mean, like, you know, it's funny though. There's there's certain guitars that it it doesn't matter if if you've played ten or you've played ten thousand, you'll know mm-hmm. immediately if yeah. that is the best one. Yeah. 
and they'll stay with you for your entire life. So long as you remember that moment, yeah. you'll remember how special And those guess what? Are. You can have a best one that then you play one better than that best one, and then that becomes the new yeah. one. Because people are like, oh, you've said that before. It's like, yeah, this one's better. <laughs> right, yeah. This one's better than the other one that I played. Therefore, it's now the best one I've ever played. Isn't it weird how we build on all the experience we have in our life? It's crazy how that works. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, anyway... That's funny though. I, I enjoy. I enjoy that. I just wish, like, I, I like when people are catty and just call people out, because uh, that's that's how I am. Yeah, so. I've started doing it more and more. I used to be afraid of it, but now I'm just like stuff like that. It's it's, dude. You made the comment, like you yeah. wrote it, yeah. and you looked at it, and then you thought to yourself, "Yep, that's what I want to say." Post enter, and now it's on the internet. And so I feel free. You've given me permission to take it and post it wherever I want to post it. So um, right. there you go. Well, Nam. Nam. Na- now, was Nam just two days? No, it was three, but I we only went it for was? two. Yeah, I flew home on oh. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Was there, there wasn't a public day, was there? I don't know. I'm always confused as to whether or not there ever is a public day at Nam or not. There always used to be, but yeah. I don't, I don't know. Well, I think if if you know nothing about me, know that I don't pay attention to a, a lot of things, and that's one of the things that I didn't pay attention to. So I don't know if there was sure. a public day or not. Okay. All right. Nam was. I've mixed emotions about it. Okay. So it was definitely smaller. It yeah. was definitely. Um. Yeah. It was. It was just a smaller attendance, but it was bigger than I thought it was going to be. Uh huh. So when we walked in, we uh. We walked through the section to, to pick up our badges where the pedal and amp section normally is. So in Hall D, you know, it's that corner where it's like guitar world basically over there. And right. that section was just empty. It was blank concrete floor. And so when we walked in, I thought, oh, no. Yeah, there's nothing. Nobody's here. This is it. Because – and I felt sad because – to me, that's that's all the stuff that I want to see at Nam are the pedal builders and the amp builders and the guitar yeah. builders and like that's where I want to spend my time. And it was just empty. But as soon as we walked in, we started looking around. We we're like, okay, actually, no, there's some stuff here. The big brands weren't there. Fender, Gibson, PRS, they weren't there. But Gibson Ma- wasn't there. No, Martin oh. was there. Okay. Boutique Guitar Showcase was there. Um, right. Eastwood, like a, a lot of the medium brands were showing up. They they were there. So my initial plan was, oh, we're only going to be here for a day. We only need to spend a day here and I can get everything done. I need to get done that day. And that wasn't the case. We ended up having to spend two whole days. Right. Um, and I still didn't see <clears throat> everyone I wanted to see. So, um, so I don't well, know. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, how what was... What was it like? Was because uh, for those that don't remember, you said that Summer Nam was was way more chill, way more quiet. People could actually get business done, but it was it was like a ghost town. And how how was this in comparison? Well, Summer Nam was like a high school science fair. Yeah. It was like it, it was nothing. And yeah, you could talk and get business done. The only thing was there was no one to do business with. <laughs> right. <laughs> so okay. it was just kind of pointless. Sure. This here here's what I'll say. I actually liked this Nam in terms of its size because it was much more manageable. There's just less people there. And there was still a ton right. of people, but it was less than what it normally is. So it's easier to get around. It's not quite as loud. It's just more manageable. The thing that I didn't like is 
the brands that I wanted to be there and that I wanted to interact with weren't there. Like I said, exactly. most of the pedal brands, the amp brands, the guitar brands, with a few exceptions, um, weren't there. So it was kind of mm, a mixed bag. Right. How many – was it still like the three floors or was it just two floors? Or? Yeah, no. Every every space was normally – that's normally filled and used was used. It just was oh, – okay. the booths were spread out a little bit more because normally, you know, everything's just like sure. packed right next to each other and it's wall to wall. And this, this yeah. was just a little bit more spread out. The pro audio – building was still there was still being used okay so it was i mean people showed up which was actually a surprise and and that was sort of the general consensus with most most people that i spoke to even vendors that were there were like oh yeah actually this is bigger than i thought it was going to be so right who knows about the future of nam the next one's in april they're trying to get it back to january so next year is april and then 2024 is january why don't they just do it in January? I, I don't know. <laughs> Why do they have to transition? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, like, apart from Nam, was Anaheim just a zoo because Disney uh, summer, well, you know, late spring, actually full. Th- I didn't you know. notice a difference. I that's okay. another thing I thought going into. It, I was like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. Anaheim is going to be packed. It's peak Disney season, you know. But honestly. I mean, January, because it's Southern California. So January, the days are 70 degrees and sunny. The yeah. nights are chilly. In June, the days are 78 degrees and sunny. The nights are chilly. So it's kind of like, yeah. it, I didn't I really thought, notice the difference. Because schools are out, you know, and like, so I thought it was going to be crazy. But I mean, I, to be fair, a lot of people that are going to go to Disney are going to stay at Disney and not leave. So, I will say the, you know, the Airbnb that we got in Anaheim, um, I was I was just sitting around. First of all, it smelled like diapers. It smelled like a preschool in there. Ah, uh, yes. And <laughs> it, there was like, it was this house that had been flipped, and there was just no thought or effort put into it at all. Everything was just gray and white. And it was like they typed in, they went to Pinterest, and they looked at um, millennial decorating. decorating <laughs> and it was just that. And then on the walls, they had a bunch of stock art that they got off of Amazon of like Marvel characters. And it was very kid themed yeah. Um, yeah sounds great it was a disney house for sure <laughs> uh which is not my cup of tea but there you go yeah so what what do we talk about with this nam because i mean i don't think I, I wait we haven't spoken about it at all no and and i can't imagine that your opinion has changed but well there like, was some cool stuff we can talk let's talk about gear for a second okay there's a couple cool things that i i connected with um, first and foremost, Abasi Concepts. Uh, I finally got to play a Space T, Tosin's uh-huh. Crazy Telly, and it was awesome. It was so yeah. good. One of the best guitars. Fret, right? No, the Space T is not fan fret. Oh, the Lorada okay. is fan fret. Uh, okay. The Space T is normal fret. What do you, I don't know. stock fret, vertical fret, straight fret? Hell if I, I know. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Single uh, scale, not multi scale. Single scale. I, who the hell knows? But it was awesome. It, if if anyone was like following along on Instagram, it was the the Space T they had at their booth that booth that was the metallic green. That mm-hmm. guitar was a ringer. Uh, Tim and I were at the booth. And we both played it, and we were both like, "Ooh, this is good, man. This is really good." It's got the Fishman Greg Cox signature uh, pickups in it. The active pickups they sounded In- incredible, amazing. They sounded yeah, they're really great. Good. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. Martin had a guitar there that 
it was like they were targeting me with it. It was a uh, so Martin is starting to do or it's starting to jump into like kind of the custom shop reissue thing that Fender and Gibson have been doing for so long with their acoustics. Uh-huh. So yeah. they had the Rich Robinson. 1952 uh, i think it was a d18 um uh-huh. so and it's rich rich robinson's dad bought the guitar in 52 and now rich robinson the guitar player from the black crows owns it and they did a like full ground up clone of this guitar with the relicking everything's exactly right they, they like x-rayed the guitar or something because i was asking him about um well wait so it looks old but what did you do with the bracing have how did you you know because with acoustic guitars that's the stuff that really matters so how do you get it to sound old so they've like torified the wood they they basically x-rayed the guitar to see how the bracing was done how the bracing was cut and chiseled and they did their best to replicate that um man yeah it's a d28 a d28 that's right um i can't keep martin uh models straight 28 is uh is rosewood 18's mahogany there you go so it was based based on a 52 d28 and it's the rich robinson signature i'm a massive black crows fan they're also they're from atlanta they're from marietta i'm actually going to see them next week and um nice yeah so that that's a guitar that really piqued my interest um i bought a guitar oh i heard about this yeah um I don't know. The best strat you ever played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how many, how can you say that if that's the, Jesus. Um, I bought a Shabbat so from, from Avi Shabbat. They were, they were showing there and I went by their booth. I was not planning on buying anything. Um, I didn't know you were allowed to buy I didn't. At well, I don't, I didn't buy it at Nam, Zach. Uh, okay. Um, so, I played the guitar at Nam and then decided to purchase it at a different location and time. Okay. Yeah. Sure. There. Fair so um, I did not buy the guitar at Nam. If anyone from Nam is watching, and but anyways, I didn't go there to. What are they gonna do? Come take it from you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd, I if they, I don't, I don't want to get Avi uh, Shabbat in trouble. So hey, uh, look. Sidebar: For as much money as it costs to do Nam. You should be able to do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. As long as it's not breaking any laws. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, anyways, it it's – I wasn't trying to buy a guitar, and I'm not particularly a Strat guy, but I think playing the, the vintage Strat at Norm's like kind of oh, yeah. you know, put my put my ear up. And uh, we went to Shabbat's booth, and I've played their guitars a bunch of times. Righteous is a dealer. I really like what they do. They're really cool. And um, Philip and I, Philip was playing one of their basses, and and we were playing there. And I just picked up the Strat and was like, "Oh, it's like six pounds." Oh yeah, it's Swamp Ash, and it's a Mary Kay, which I've always loved Mary Kay Strats, maple board, and uh, started playing it. And there you go. Is it is it gold hardware? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So all your Strats have gold hardware. That's kind of interesting so far. Yeah, well, the American Pro Two well, doesn't. All the ones that, well, your your two main good strats, I guess. Yeah. You got your your. I your like John gold Meyer. hardware. I like gold hardware. It's fine. Yeah, I I don't like cheap gold hardware because the color is weird. Yeah, like on an Epiphone Custom or something, it doesn't no, look right. No, like the chrome gold or whatever. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. So how I mean, like, what is I mean? Because I what we saw that and 
like I don't know how much it costs, you know, it's whatever, but like, why that over a Fender, you know? Uh, because that I played that one, and that one felt <laughs> and sounded really good, and it's a really light. <laughs> you were like, I need it. Yeah, okay, because yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, I could buy this one that I know is really good, and I could support a small builder who I like, mm-hmm. or... I could then go and try and hunt down another one that's as good as this one that I have right here and could buy right, right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So that was the idea. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, lots of pro well, audio I mean, stuff that I thought was cool, but nobody on this podcast sure. is going to give a shit about that. Um, I mean, you know, and I think, you know, I, the, what, what I'm curious about, because I heard uh, from a few people that did go, I know... Um, uh, Cornerstone Emilio was there, and yeah, and he came from Italy. Like he, mm-hmm. I remember when he said he was going. I was like, "Are you sure? <laughs> you know, you want to?" And uh, he had like a you know post Nam post, and was saying how he didn't do hardly any business. Yeah, and to me, I like I get it. It's an experience, and that's great. But the fact now that you have to be a Nam member, I mean, maybe if you're doing a shared booth, you can get around it. Right. Um, but I just think it's it's a load of shit that you can to be a Nam member, you don't get free badges anymore. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I I if 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 you if you're making that effort, it's just kind of shocking that nothing happens. Yeah, because it feels like you just kind of gotta go and, and show your ass a little bit. I mean, and that's how I mean that's how I felt right. when I've gone. It's like you know, look, I'm I'm doing it. I'm here. I'm proving to the world that I exist and, and I'm worthy of being a part of this this community. But at the end of the day, I, I might have picked up two dealers when I could have just cold called some places. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, that's been going on for years, and and for me, like, there, this is the interesting dichotomy of Nam because. I'm not a dealer. I'm not a vendor. I'm, I don't have a business. I don't have a dog in that fight. I'm a... Not yet. <laughs> yeah, but when I do, I don't think I'm going to go to NAM. No. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, or at least not in that capacity. Because for me, NAM is great. Like, I love yeah. going to NAM because it's not because of the gear or being on the NAM floor. It's because it's the one time of year that all of my other YouTube friends, we all get together and hang out. That's that's yeah. the only reason I go to Nam. It's funny. I've seen a bunch of posts like on TikTok and Instagram over the last week of people like kind of calling Nam on its bullshit and sort of the culture of Nam. There's mm-hmm. this um, funny account I follow on Twitter called Douchey Hired Gun, and he was he was <laughs> tweeting about like, oh, it's good that they had uh, Nam in June so that all the out of work cats could go, and you know, just just like little little jabs like that. But a lot of that is even though it's satirical. It's oh, there is some some truth to like the culture of Nam. I mean, I saw mm-hmm. one post of like Chris Lord Algae mixing a Muse track at the SSL booth, and it's like, why? No, you're you're uh-huh. in the. What are you trying to do here? You're trying to show off the Origin console. Like, yes, the Origin console is great. I might end up buying one, but the thing is, like, what purpose does that serve? It sounds like shit in this giant room. You can't turn, you can't hear what he's doing. And he's doing all this stuff. Like, you know, he's like mess with faders and and this whole thing. I was like, dude, this is, this is just a show. It's, it's like stroking the ego of of CLA, you know, it's like, so I get all that. That's not why I go to Nam. I go to Nam because it's a giant thing. And the, the funny thing is like most of the YouTube crowd 
showed up there with a few notable exceptions. And we, yeah. uh, we all got to hang out. And the one thing that kept coming up from every, literally everyone I talked to was like, we just need to do this. Like, why don't we just do this once or twice a year? Like forget Nam. Why don't we just yeah. do our own thing where we like go somewhere, book a place and just hang out together. And you know, so let's do it. That's the whole, that's the whole reason to go to Nam. It's, it's the hang. It's getting to yeah. see the people. I love going to see people in the industry who I only ever get to talk to on Instagram or email, um, see builders that I really like, just talk to people. And, and yeah, that's, that's the reason to go. But, I, and, and that's what we've been talking about that for a while. Like I would love to do that, you know, and I, I think it'd be so cool to have, I mean, it'd be cool to have just like a, like a family reunion sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, um, I just, I wish that somebody that had the gumption, the money and, and the time on their hands could coordinate an event like Nam, but for people who get it. Yeah. Um, at least for the guitar community. And then, you know, there should be, cause it was, it was, it really sucked not having the small, specifically the pedal brands there. Cause that's, what's yeah. always cool. It's like going by the chase bliss uh, booth or Nick Greer's booth or, you know, like your booth or, or, or like Novo guitars. Like, I mean, uh, Novo doesn't need to show anything cause they can't right. barely take any more orders than they <laughs> already got. But it's like, right. Still though, there's there is value in a gathering like that, other than just selling product and picking up dealers. You know, in the in the YouTube comment, I just I just saw James said Sweetwater Gear Fest. I mean, that's kind of that's that's a good it's it's a similar idea, but it's not open to anybody. Right. I mean, like right now, it's it's private. But even if it weren't, like if if a small pedal builder wanted to book a booth, they can't. Yeah, they and that, sell it so that's Sweetwater. the thing. Is like Sweetwater's trying to fill that void, but you're right. Like they, I just think I'll actually I'm gonna hold my judgment until I go to Gear Fest in a couple of weeks because I haven't seen it, I haven't done it before, and so we'll see how it is. But you're right. I think that's one of the big marks against Gear Fest is the fact that like, I mean, I don't know. I, is Nick Greer does is, does he have Sweetwater as a dealer, for example? I'm not sure, but let's just say he oh. doesn't, for the sake of argument. I don't know, or whatever. Let's leave Nick out of this. Let's say X Pedal Brand, who's really cool and has a great following, and people would want to go play and see their stuff and meet the people behind the brand. If they're not a Sweetwater um, client, then they're not going to go to Gear Fest, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm lucky that I'm going because I, I think that they were like. Yeah, dipped in toe. That's that mythos guy. <laughs> <laughs> I put my you foot down. Funny? I was like, I'm not going if Zach's not going. No, I'm just kidding. He has I didn't to do come. That. <laughs> I'm not. I'm that one friend. Like, you'll have your YouTube reunion, and I'll be like in the like in the no. back of the room, be like, Hey guys, I got I brought potatoes. No, salad. you know what? They're, they're going to try and pick you up as a dealer if they haven't already. I know. And you know, years ago, years and years and years ago, they actually contacted me about it, and I was like hype and send them stuff but this was before i knew what the hell i was doing and it was uh i sent them like four or five pedals and never got them back so when i get there i'm gonna say hey Hey, man where those pedals at (laughs) i found that email (laughs) does jonathan still work yo i'm gonna need those pedals back dude um yeah yeah, man well but i think it's like it's a step in the right direction because how at least based off what i've read of the things that are going to happen um they're going to have all these booths. They're going to have all the people that are associated with these companies be there hanging out, doing meetings with, you know, guys like, 
like you and I and uh, influencers, but also when it's open to the public, that's going to be, you know, the thing that they can do as well. And then they also have like a Marshall wall where you can just sign up for a time and go play a, a wall of Marshall stacks outside at full blast. Um, I should look like at that a, email because I, I didn't know any yeah. of this. <laughs> there's, there's like a Dolby Atmos thing where you can like watch a video and experience the Dolby Atmos like surround sound stuff. So like is the idea I, like, that like we're going to sign up for this stuff and we're going to make videos about all of it? I mean, that's that's no. Well, it, like they say explicitly, you do not have to make content for these things. We just want you to come and experience it and meet with the brands you want to connect with. And I think that's that's good. Um because how on earth? I mean, they've, you know, they're they're paying. I assume that you got the email for paying your way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're flying all these people out there, putting them in hotels. I, it's they're spending so much money, but at the end of the day, it only reflects well on Sweetwater. And and I mean, they're a great company, um, but something like this, hopefully, will will kind of show us the way to do something funner than Nam. There's got to be, yeah, like we've got to find a way to bridge the gap. And we keep yeah. talking about this uh, to, to you know, probably annoying some of the, the listeners here, but I don't care. This is our show. We're going to talk about whatever the hell we want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, why can't we do a musician con? Like, the, it's about the culture it's about like the people, the artists, the brands, the influencers, like the public, everyone coming together at this thing to celebrate sort of the culture of, of musicianship and the gear and the performances. And you have panels with famous musicians and people talking like um, before I realized that Sweetwater w- uh, wasn't open to the public. I was talking to Pete Thorne. I wanted to like do a panel discussion with Tim and Pete, where basically I interviewed them in front of the public about, you know, the transition of being a professional musician in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now. Like the transition of what it looks like to make a living with a guitar in your hand. Because I've only been doing this for 10 years. Pete Thorne moved to L.A. and started playing guitar the year I was born, in 1990. You know, Tim Pierce has been doing this since the early 80s, right? Like these guys have have so much knowledge that they share on their YouTube channels all the time. But like that's the kind of stuff I want to do is is create content and and have these things happen in front of people that are actually beneficial for someone to watch. Like I'm not interested. I didn't make a NAM video this year because I'm not not interested in walking around to booths and showing like, oh, here's the new, um, uh, you know, whatever pedal that such and such has out like yeah no no first of all nobody watches those videos nobody cares about that stuff anymore um it's not 2013 you know and second of all it's like if you're gonna take the time to make a piece of content and put it out on your channel i feel like it should educate entertain and inform so yeah well and i think i mean the ultimate example of this is more or less Comic-Con and, and cons like that, Dragon Con and single, you know, that style thing where they have, uh, I mean, like, I think f- for the layperson, you see that as a cosplay convention slash uh, Marvel and Disney. Yeah, it's for <laughs> and, a bunch of like the, like 
It's a bunch of nerds yeah. who dress up, and then there's panels with actors and writers and and stuff, and they like talk about movies and comics and video games. But like a lot of Comic Con and all those cons, there's just booths everywhere for you to see stuff, buy stuff, and experience. And you know, having panels that you can have live Q and A's and all that stuff is pretty incredible. And that to me. I want to go to those. I really want to go to Dragon Con the next time it's That's it in happens. Atlanta, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, whenever that happens, I really want to go. But I think that should be kind of how this whole thing should be. Yeah. So on a much smaller scale. I mean, those co- conventions are, are, are huge and bring people from all over the world, you know, every time. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, there was also like it, the the one cool thing about Summernam in Nashville last year was there's there was sort of this rumbling, this thing kind of starting to happen separate from Nam. Novo went uh, with Revolta. I forget what it was called. It was at the rehearsal space down by. Um, oh, yeah. It, it was just like a hang like with the amps and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a stuff. A couple of rehearsal rooms. It was like a baby Nam. But it was like Third Power was there, uh, Revolta Novo was there, uh, XTS was there. It was like just some some local Nashville brands kind of set up some tables, and it was like just Nashville players, and it was open, and you could just go. And that was the coolest part of the Summer Nam week last year was yeah. just walking into that thing and just they had seeing Pizza people. Hut there, Pizza Hut there. Well, they had a bunch of pizza. Oh pizza yeah, Hut. they just brought a bunch of pizza. <laughs> Fantastic. By the time I got there, it was all gone, but. Um, that was cool. It's like I, I ran into some friends. I met some new people. Met some cool people. There's some some heavy hitter players there, and if you wanted to check out the gear, you could like walk into the room and play the stuff. Um, you know, Delana from Third Power was blasting. <laughs> oh, that that's the only downside yeah, to this stuff. Yeah, is you don't like the Nam Police are extreme, dude. They were there. But, this, I didn't see any anything about Nam Police this year. I was wondering because I saw. <laughs> Uh, Rob Flax, who's a, an amazing uh, violinist, and he, he uses some of my stuff. He uses pedals on his violin. It's super cool. He was posting a bunch of videos from Nam of all these people playing those like crazy, like flying V looking violins. Uh-huh. Have you seen those? No. And they were, so, they, they, it looked like on the video that they were so loud. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no, nobody coming shutting them down. I thought, wouldn't that be the most lame thing? Like, hey, your violin is way too fucking Dude, loud. In the pro audio section, we had this moment where two booths started beefing with one another. So we went oh. to this one booth where these, there were these speakers. And <laughs> Zach, I'm telling you, these are the best speakers I've ever heard in my life. They're $25,000 a piece. So for the yeah. pair, that's 50 grand, okay? They're massive. They're huge. They're like four and a half, five feet tall. And the the engineer who owns the company that builds the speakers were there, and he just had like a rack mount CD player and these massive speakers. And so I was sitting on the stool because Tim told me about it. He's like, dude, you got to go hear these speakers. Like, So he starts demoing them, and he would do this thing where he would like slowly bring up the volume, bring up, and then blast it to the point where it was like you could feel the hair on your face vibrating and <laughs> i mean this is a small nam booth and it's like right across the way from from a another nam booth with a speaker manufacturer so while i was sitting there he was like demoing the speakers and these guys got so pissed they turned their little sound system speaker thing it was like one of those bose you know l1 kind of systems you know <laughs> they turned that and they cranked it full blast to fire at him and then he cranked his 
even louder. So I just, I got up and was like, I'm going to get out of this. And as I was walking away, they were like talking to each other very aggressively. <laughs> and I was like, normally the NAM police would never let that happen. There would never be right. a situation like that. But I didn't see any NAM police this year. Well, I mean, to be honest, that can sometimes be a good thing. The last time I was there, they were, they, it was, it was so extreme and the Novo uh, booth was downstairs mm -hmm. where yeah. there's like nothing going on down there. Yeah. And, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't play. Yeah. It was, it was ludicrous. The, the unplugged electric guitars were louder than, than we could set those amps. Yep. yep. So, but I just think that we got to stop talking about it and we got to start doing it. Uh, Philip, uh, the 40 watt podcast in the, in the chat mentioned the handing Polly's 42 gear street. Which is like that's a that's a cool example, but I mean I know what I'm thinking would be way bigger. Yeah, and yeah, and it doesn't involve the public. Ambitious. And yeah. um, like I mean, well, it could, it, right? What, no, I mean, I mean I, no, no, uh, Henning's thing. What I oh yeah, what he does. Yeah, it doesn't involve the public. Yeah. Or like I got invited to TGU this year, Tomon Gearhead University. Right, let's go. I I'm on the fence about it. Take me. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> well, I, I will if you, if you want to go. I, yeah, yeah, we'll go. But the thing is, like, I need to look at the dates because I got booked for something through another guitar. You don't say it. That's fine. There's an event happening that's being hosted by a very popular guitar YouTube channel that I will be a part of in October in San Diego. Okay. That's all I can say. And so I think the dates overlap with TGU and this thing. Ah. So if they don't, though, let's talk about it. I got to, I, I, yeah. They, I would love to go. Uh, Toman is, I mean, they're like, are they bigger than Sweetwater? If they not, they're, they're close from what I understand. Because Sweetwater doesn't sell in Europe. Toman doesn't sell here. So it's like the, the Sweetwater of Europe. Yeah. But they, I mean, like, Europe's a big place. I mean, America's big. America's a big place, Zach. I don't know if you've been, a, you've been to America No, before. I know. I've looked at a globe and a map. <laughs> Shit, man. Let me tell you something about America, all right? It's a big place. Um, yeah, so, okay. Well, maybe we'll go. If the dates don't overlap, I'm always down to go to Europe. I love going to Europe. We're going to be really jealous. Bring her. And Graham. We have to find someone to watch the damn dog. It's well, a, yeah, the, oh, we, we'd have to do the same thing, too. You know? Yeah, but you have, you have like, friends and family that <laughs> like your animals. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, well, there you go. That was damn. Uh-huh. Trying to think of anything well, else. Are you going to go again? Like, are you going to continue to go? Because initially you said you're not going. And then like, I said I wasn't going before. because my friends said they weren't going. And then once, like, because we have this group thread. And then once, like, the replies started coming in, like, yeah, book my flight. We're going. I was like, oh, shit. Well, then, okay, I'm going to go. Because I don't. And then the UA thing came up. And so it was like, well, since we're going to be out there anyways, let's let's do this in uh, in L.A. Yeah. So, yeah, it's for me. I will go to Nam if my friends go to Nam. Yeah. Like the I other definitely had FOMO and, and my best friend that would be there would be you. Mm -hmm. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. But it's another opportunity because because here's what's cool. Like. In the YouTube guitar community, or just the YouTube community in general, like there's there's a hang that happens there, and it's become kind of tradition, like the Nam hang. And yeah. um, 
by the by Saturday night, it it got pretty crowded, pretty big. But it was cool because you had like Paul Davids and Mary Spender and Adam Neely and Rick Beato and Tim Pierce and Pete Thorne and Samurai Guitar Player and like all these all these bigger channels. And then you had like smaller channels, people that had just started, had two or three thousand subs. It was their first NAM, and there was no vibing one another. There was no like sense of elitism everyone was talking to everybody everyone was cool and that's how it was my first nam i had because i wasn't there i should have dude it, my i, I could have put them in their place <laughs> yeah. uh who are you yeah oh cool how many subs do you have yeah, oh, yeah. all right well anyways no my first nam i had like 20 or thirty thousand subs and that was my first time meeting paul and adam and mary and everybody and everyone was super cool super inclusive and we all became friends. And mm-hmm. that that is the reason to go to NAMM for me, is that, specifically that hang. Um, it was Philip's first time, Philip Conrad, my best friend, bass player. He's just starting his YouTube channel. It was his first NAMM. And I think he was a little concerned about the hang. He was concerned about getting vibed at the hang. And uh-huh. it wasn't that thing at all. Everyone was super inclusive, super cool. Um and he walked away, he and Chris, my, my video editor, walked away like, oh my God, that was amazing. It was so much fun. I was like, that's the reason to come to NAMM. That's the only yeah. reason we come to NAMM is for that hang. Yeah. I had the FOMO. I had it real bad. So Well, the good news is it's only 10 months away. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know. And every time it comes around, I'm like, I'm not going. Yeah, it's because you're grumpy. You get grumpy about it. You're like, I'm not going to that. I'm like, why I'm not, so dude? grumpy. It's gonna be a good time. I'm such a grump. And here's I like I like a, I like a plan, mm. like a really definitive plan. Mm-hmm. And like when you said I'm not going, I'm like in my mind, like nope. Yeah, but then what down. happened when I said I was going? You were still like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> I know, but then I, I but I had already previously made up my mind like oh, I can't go. And I, I have a lot of other stuff going on, like travel wise and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We it all make do sense. Zach. That's bullshit. Excuse. I, but I. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a kid, you'll be like, oh, well, crap, I can't just go. That's true. Um, well, do you have a shield? I don't know what I, I'm going to um, I do, but I already talked about it, which was that guitar, and it's not actually here yet. Um, oh, the Shabbat, they're shipping it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because cause they, I was like, I was excited about it, and I wanted to take it home. And he was like, okay, well, I've only got a gig bag, thinking it would be like a gator case or mono case or something. Uh-huh. And he, he showed me the worst gig bag I've ever seen. It was like basically made of notebook paper. It was like the floppy oh. little soft. And I was like, I've got to fly tomorrow. He's like, yeah, you can. I was like, no, just, just ship it. <laughs> no, see if you had a Strandberg, you could just put it right in the overhead. Yeah, no, that's uh, no, that's so great. Yeah, perfect. Perfectly. Fit perfect. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've got a shill. Okay. I've, this go is a good yours. one. This is a good one. No, right here. Oh. All right. So. For the uh, video shoot, I had to get some some new audio gear because we were doing our uh, like a professional big boy shoot. And uh-huh. um, Philip Conrad, aforementioned uh, best friend, bass player, YouTuber, his day job is in the film industry. He works on films here in Atlanta as a boom operator. He's the guy holding the microphone on the end of the really long stick. And he works on like some pretty big deal movies. He worked on this season of Stranger Things. He's worked on some Marvel stuff. Like he's in it. So... Uh, Phil was out there booming with me for the UA shoot, but he, we we're piecing together this rig, and for lav mics, you know, the little microphone you you wear on your your shirt, 
Uh-huh. We got these little Zoom recorders, okay? These are this is the Zoom F1. Let me Oh man, dude. Solus F1, Novo better send them a C&D. All right. Let me tell you something. So at first I thought like, oh, this is just a little you know, belt pack. You plug the lav mic into it and it records to an SD card. And it does. It does that very well. But here's what else it does. You take oh. this little top off and you can plug the microphones, the <gasps> capsules from like the H6 or the yep. other things into this. So you plug the XY mic into this and you've got a tiny little handheld field recorder that you can stick wherever. It's super small, super lightweight. So I have three of these now and I'm I'm so stoked about it. Like, Can you plug the XLR input thing? Can you plug all the things into it? Yeah, you could get the XLR capsule. Any of mm. the shotgun capsule, the midside capsule, the XY, you can plug into this and um, Sick. have a little tiny recorder. That's super fun. Dude, yeah, for a that, show or something, just take this and set it up at front of house or something with the, the mic capsule on it. Like, sick. I love uh, this thing. Philip in the, the chat said his... Uh, the battery door is finicky or it can easily break. Yeah. It's broken two weeks, so be careful. Yeah, it is. In fact, mine just actually popped open while I was, like, handling it. Um, but, yeah, I'm a As, fan. Not, nothing a little gaff tape can't fix. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Zoom stuff, but it, they look like a Casio watch from 1998. Yeah, they're not the know. coolest looking things in the world, but I have to say yeah. I'm a huge fan of what they do. The H6 yeah. is one of my favorite pieces of gear. I bought it years ago. I still use it all the time. You can use it as an audio interface um, via USB. It, it's it's awesome. They had a booth there. I didn't have time to stop by and, and see, say hello, but I'm a big fan of Zoom stuff. Sweet. Well, I just grabbed a pedal off the floor that I've never showed, uh, and we'll just call this my shill. And I do like it. Uh, and seeing as I'm going to JHS, uh, have you ever played the Kilt? I have not, actually. So the Kilt uh, is a signature pedal for, for uh, Stu G. And uh, this is the V2, and it is uh, basically a slightly tweaked version of a Bixonic X Pandora, the ZZ Top, uh, supposedly. I mean, Billy is such... Who knows what that guy's ever used, apart from Les Pauls. Uh, but this this thing rules. Uh, the, the OG one was like a two-in-one. Yep. Two yep. And it was great. I, I don't think this is like one of their most popular sellers, but to me, it's super interesting and different. And I just... I, it's really it's a good pedal. So check out the kilt. If you want something that does fuzzy distortion gain, it can be really loud. Yeah. Like insanely loud. But um yeah, fun pedal. I'm a fan. I'd like to check oh. one out. And I, and I did get this again. So hey, shut yours up is the same. Yours is the same color as mine. I just got mine last you got week. A, I got a green one. You got one. a green boy? Yeah. Did you get the is it the big one? Yeah, the big boy. Oh my gosh, Look it's at so us. big. Huh? Dude. Matchy matchy. Well, yeah, but I have giant uh, I have big hands. So for me, like uh, my video editor, Chris has one of the, um, what, what is it? The, like the SE, the smaller ones. Yeah. And when I use his phone, if I have to like <laughs> edit a picture or something, he'll hand me his phone. It's like, what is like, it's a, yeah. it's a toy. What am I using? I, I can't see. So like <laughs> that's, but yeah, I, I, anytime I pick up a, a, a small phone, it feels like you remember men in black. Yeah. The cricket when he hands him the, the noisy cricket. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this big. <laughs> That's how I feel. Look uh, at that's us. That's a prop I would like to have. A noisy cricket. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if I said this. We can end with this because it's just funny. Uh, showing my my dorkiness. Uh, Graham 
uh, he turned four in, into May, and we had a party. And did I tell about my pro? Did I say anything about my proton pack? Uh, uh-uh, not today. Okay, so, uh, my parents hadn't seen it. They, you know, they'd seen pictures of it, right? But um, they just hadn't seen it in person. So I put it on. It's, it's upstairs in the bedroom because we like don't have anywhere else to put it. Uh, it's on a little A-frame guitar stand. It fits perfect. And uh, I put it on and came downstairs, and my you know my sister and, and brother-in-law and mom and dad were just laughing and <laughs> thought it was really hilarious and cool. And then I took it outside to show Graham because he loves it. Yeah. Whenever I put it on, he's like, yeah, daddy. <laughs> and uh, That's my dad. <laughs> that's my dad. He's got a proton pack. Your dad have one? I doubt it. Uh, and he was like, Dad, your proton pack's so cool. And I felt real proud. And then all the other parents were just like looking at me. <laughs> it's fucking and nerd, of, Jesus. Yeah, one of mom's or one of Morgan's mom friends was like, What is that? Like, it's a proton pack. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Listen, Janet, this is a proton pack from the movie Ghostbusters. Maybe you've never seen it or heard of it before. Yeah. And then I flipped it on and their kids like freaked out they're like whoa so they're like okay it's cool all right yeah also what the hell is that some mom comes to your house and is vibing you over your proton pack (laughs) it's you know to be fair it's not something that you would ever assume you would see you know someone walking out of their house to the backyard where all the kids are playing is in a proton pack not normal yeah no not normal but still rad oh man Uh, you feel have you seen it in person? No, not in person. Oh man, you'll have to wear it. You feel it's it's incredibly heavy, but um, it's just one of those things you put it on. And you're like, ah, dude, this, this is pretty holy cool. you flip shit. It on and you hold I it. just got the best idea. So here here it is. Next Nam in April, <laughs> we're gonna go and we're gonna walk around the Nam floor with you dressed up in full Ghostbusters <laughs> cosplay. Okay, and you can. What are you, you gonna be? I'm just gonna be me. But you no. can. <laughs> I can't be the only idiot walking around. No, you can. You can kind of embrace it. Be like, I thought this was. I thought we were going for more of like a Comic Con vibe this year. It, you'd be a right. hit. Where's the contest? You'd be way cooler than half the people there that dress up like it's still 1986 and they're going down to the you know the Viper Room or whatever to see. Oh. You know, yeah. warrant play oh, or whatever. Was there? We didn't even talk about that. Like, what were the people of Nam? Was it? Was it still Saturday? Like was, all the shredders. Yeah, Saturday was pretty special. Saturday yeah. was pretty special. I I do love. It, one of the best parts about that that convention is the people watching. It's it's great. Oh yeah, it's really really good. Is there still that Instagram account? People of Nam. I don't know. There's probably a hashtag. I like the ones where everybody's asleep. That one, those are really <laughs> funny to me. Yeah, I like that too. Because uh, for for those that haven't been to Nam, how anyone could sleep in that uh, noise is pretty astonishing. I mean, I get it because it's exhausting. Oh. It's like yeah, it's just physically exhausting. But I uh, oh, and um, emotionally, just talking to that many people, you're just like, I can't yeah exist anymore yeah. in this world. Yeah, but uh, no. Oh, I met Addison. He was in Nashville. Oh, really? What were they doing in Nashville? Yeah. Visiting just for. Like a weekend. That's great. Addison's great. So we hung out. I think I'm going to have him, when we get to the part of the studio, when it comes time to like hang lights and wire stuff for that, I'm going to have him come out for that. Because you'll see, you will see, when you go to the JHS show and you see the room and you see how all the lights and everything are run and the cabling and everything is run, that's Addison. Oh, okay. And it's rad. You're going to be into it. All right. Yeah. 
I, I did have this moment when he was coming by. I was slightly embarrassed because it's like, wow, a guy who works for one, I mean, one, it, Earthquaker and JHS are the biggest pedal companies in America, like full stop, no questions asked. Uh, well, Electro Harmonics. Come, oh, well, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. But a, a more... Hold on, let me think about some more. Not, I, can, I can shit on your point not, some more. Hold on. Not not legacy brands. Right. Of the modern era. Yeah. And uh, like he was coming to hang out and I was like, oh man, like it's so small and smelly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like embarrassed. To be fair, their shop's pretty small too, actually. You'd be surprised at how small the JHS place is. For, That's gonna make me feel even worse. Like, how many you build every day? They're just on top of each other in there. It's just crazy. Yeah. Like you, it's it's you can't. Like, there's just there's it's organized chaos is what it is. It's it's astonishing to me that they operate at the level that they do, and that's such a small little area. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, I think that pretty much covered it. We did it. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Do it. Review us. Say, hey. uh, I don't like their attitude. They're just pretentious, and they they complain a lot. And so phony. So Zach's phony. Thick mustache. He's got a real Wilford Brimley vibe going on from the thing. I will say, I met a lot of people at NAMM. A lot of people came up and said hello. It was very, very cool. And a lot of people that came up and said hello said they loved Dipped in Tongue. Good. Did you ask if they were subscribed? <laughs> I didn't. I should have. Like, oh, are you subscribed? Oh, you're not. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, and that's that's the biggest thing too. Like, I in doing the live streams for for my own channel, trying to get back in that, um, people were talking about how great the community is, and I think that's the most special thing about doing any of this is yeah. building like a community where we can just not like think or talk about all the nonsense and terrible stuff that's going on in the world just focus on having a good time yeah you know just hang out yeah we're all having a good time well awesome all right goodbye bye everybody <laughs>